Here we go! Welcome to the Business Of, episode number seven. I am your humble host, Jeff. And each week we take a look at the business side of something I find is an interesting topic. As you know, we record live here on YouTube, but you can also listen to the audio versions both on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Link down in the description. So um, over the last six weeks, six episodes, actually, we've had, we've covered a number of topics from fundraising, sports tax, gaming, the USFL, influence marketing, and our last episode was on name, image, and likeness, the NIL. But this week, this episode, we're going to discuss the exciting events from that just happened over the weekend. We're recording on July 26th. And a couple of days ago, there was the big launch of the XFL. And today's guest, I don't know, I think he's taking this time out to do this podcast just to give his hands a bit of a rest. He was tweeting and writing all about it. And welcome to the show, Greg Parks. Hello, sir. Hey, Jeff. Good to be with you. Oh, thank you for having me. It's my honor to have you with me to talk about the USF, the XF. I'm going to do this. I am going to do this all night, folks. I am going to do this for the next hour. I am going to mess this up. The XFL. But before we get into that, Greg, tell us a little bit about you. How did you get into this? What are What is your background? Well, um, I'm a teacher, uh, but my degree uh, before I got my teaching certification was in journalism. So I've always had an interest in writing. And um, the XFL... Uh, it first started in 2001, if you remember back when Vince McMahon first launched the league. I was a sophomore in high school, I think, at that time. And so <laughs> I was going to say, where were you like in the... <laughs> yeah, it, was, uh, it, was, it seems like so far uh, ago, but um, I was really into it. Obviously, it only lasted a season and then, you know, out of sight, out of mind for nearly 20 years until... Uh, McMahon resurrected it, uh, made the announcement in 2018 that it would be returning in 2020. So, uh, you know, combining my love of writing with my interest in the XFL uh, was just a natural thing. Um, I covered, started covering the XFL for XFLboard.com, which is one of the main uh, XFL focused sites out there. And I started covering that in 2020. The pandemic shut the XFL down after five weeks. And then uh, when the XFL went into bankruptcy, it was purchased by The Rock, Danny Garcia, and uh, Redbird Capital. So uh, they are in the second relaunch, the third launch of the XFL, the third season, however you want to term it. And so we're, we're going through the motions for the third time where we're establishing cities. We are, you know, getting... Uh, player showcases out there and and trying to decide what players will be um, participating in the league where you know the rule book is being written and so um, it's a very interesting time to be covering the league because for a long time there was no news uh, the uh, new owners have been silent for very long stretches about the league and as you mentioned this past weekend was kind of an yeah. explosion of news and you're just kind of mm -hmm. covering 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 as quickly as you can getting that news out there for fans of the league yeah. um to to get into so it's just kind of natural for me i think with my interest in writing and my interest in in football and specifically uh the xfl um to, to combine those two and i've been writing about it for quite a long time so how did we get here? What happened in 2001? I know you explained a little bit of it. What happened when with the relaunch? And then how did we get The Rock? He's an actor. 
how did yeah. he like how is he an owner and and i don't know any i don't know much about danny garcia i don't know her background at all mm-hmm. um but the first woman you know heading up a major sports league good for her um but i don't know much about that so again i don't know what you can speak to that but how did we get to here like how did they get involved or yeah. i know rock's got boatloads of money because he you know, sure him and kevin harder in every movie out <laughs> like for sure yeah, I mean, I could I could probably talk for a half hour on this, so I'll try to give the Reader's Digest version here. Okay. Um, XFL 2001, um, Vince McMahon put together the league, was very uh, adamant about sort of competing with the NFL. Yeah, and, but was it, was it just a joke? Was it just a marketing? I, I think it was serious. It was taken as a joke by a lot of mainstream sports people. Okay. I think Vince tried to put on a product that he thought people would like. Unfortunately... It aired a little too much on the entertainment side, which, of course, he's known for with uh, being the boss of, of WWE for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And the football just, you know, from a, a you know, cold, hard truth standpoint was not good enough, uh, was mm-hmm. not good enough to get people interested in. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the league lost a lot of money, as you do with any kind of startup that size. NBC, which was one of the partners in the league with Vince and WWE, pulled out uh, not only financially, but also uh, as a broadcast partner, which mm-hmm. left Vince without a lot of options. So he shut the league down after a year. Uh, if you remember, there was an ESPN 30 for 30 on the XFL in about 2017 or, or mm-hmm. so. And people started, you know, nostalgia is a funny thing. People watched Mm -hmm. that. They thought, oh, you know, the XFL was so cool and stuff like that. Of Mm -hmm. course, nobody thought that at the time. I was one of the few who actually believed that. But uh, when that 30 for 30 came out, it really started uh, seemingly the ball rolling on Vince getting interested in resurrecting that project. And so in February 2018, he relaunched the XFL. Um, hired Oliver Luck to run it, who had a sports and business background, the father of former Indianapolis Colts quarterback, Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was in contrast to the 2001 version of the league where this was all business. You know, they had a lot of the technological innovations that XFL 2001 was also known for, but they cut out a lot of the nonsense. And so the 2020 version of the XFL was welcomed with open arms among the mainstream sports media types and Mm. garnered pretty good ratings over the first five weeks. Unfortunately, COVID-19 took hold and XFL 2020 was a victim to that. Uh, Vince ended up putting the league into bankruptcy. And a few months later, it was purchased out of bankruptcy by uh, the Rock and Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia is the Rock's ex-wife and business partner. So she- I did not uh, know that. Yep. So she has a lot of, you know, she's got a, they've got a production company together. She has her fingers in a lot of pies in the entertainment industry. And so, yeah, that that makes sense. Cause I remember he said on stage, he goes, I've known her for 18 years. And when she called me, I'm like, who just picks up the phone and calls Dwayne Johnson. (laughs) That'd be nice, right? I didn't know that. I I tweeted him. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll, maybe he'll pop into the show. Um, I did not know that. That okay. That makes a lot more sense now because I'm like, who are you, and how do you just pick up the phone and call Wayne Johnson? Right, right. So, uh, Redbird Capital is also, uh, you know, supposedly the money um, of the XFL. You know, Dwayne Johnson obviously is is very wealthy, but we we just don't know a lot of details. They've been keeping a lot of the details very close to the vest in terms of how much money they're investing in the XFL. Um, 
where that money is coming from, whether it's Redbird, whether, you know, Johnson is a heavy monetary investor, we don't know. But obviously, he and Garcia are the faces of the XFL so far. Right. Yeah. And they did introduce, we'll talk about that later, they, um, whoever the president is going to be. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and that. Okay. So, all right. So, all right. So that's, so that's how we got here. So when now we've got the ownership in place and, and I know Dwayne over the last few weeks, I've seen it. He talks about the 54th man and he was always just the last, you know, he was not, he was like the last guy cut. Yeah. If, if you will, I don't know if there's truth in that or, or, or not, but it makes a good story. So. I, I think it's more uh, story than truth, but I think it's his way of relating to the players who the XFL is looking to recruit. They want yeah. to recruit the players who are just not good enough at that moment to make an NFL team or an NFL practice squad, uh, the very best of the rest, so to speak. And, and mm-hmm. that's very important because a lot of what's going to dictate the success or failure of the XFL or the USFL for, for that matter is the quality of play on the field. So you want yeah. to make sure that you're acquiring the very best mm-hmm. players you can. Mm-hmm. So the rock played college football at the university of Miami did not, signed with any NFL teams, ended up playing in the Canadian Football League for a short time and was was cut from there. So, you know, he, I think he understands a little bit about the plight of the players that the XFL is trying to recruit. And that's just Mm -hmm. kind of his recruiting pitch to those players. Right. Now, full disclosure, uh, a couple years ago, they had the AAF, AAF, the Alliance of American Football. I like that. I watched all the games and everyone I know is like, oh, that just sucks. I'm like, no, you know what? It's not the NFL, but it's not supposed to be. It was some yeah. good. It was some good play. I watched as many of the USFL games as I can. Again, I'm in Canada. I can't remember if I told you that or not. Um, but I'm in Canada, and I only really got to see the uh, ones on on uh, Fox and uh, NBC mm-hmm. uh, because the other channels we didn't get. We didn't. Okay. Um, there was a game on Paramount Plus. They just launched Paramount Plus Canada, but it wasn't available then. There's no US. We don't get the USA Network, Fox mm-hmm. Sports. Um, I don't think my cable company provides that. So I could only see those few games. Mm-hmm. And then I relied on some of the internet. I, I, I would pull up the website and just kind of watch what was sort of happening. I'd rely on tweets from other people to know. But that was some good. And again, there was a lot of, you know, guys that were playing that were on NFL rosters, but were not now for one reason or another, right. um, you know, um, injury or circumstance or you know, whatnot. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and, you know, whether it's, you know, a slow 40 time that they ran, whether it's a, you know, they don't meet the height requirements for the position in, in the NFL for what a lot of coaches and scouts look for. Maybe they've had injuries that they just weren't able to um, overcome, whatever the case may be, that's landed them in one of these spring football leagues. Um, they're out to show that, you know, mm-hmm. those aspects are, are not going to hold them back from being productive players. And I have noticed that a few of those uh, USFL players have been signed to 90-man rosters. I think that to make the team, who knows? Yeah. But at least they got a sh- now they've got a shot, whereas they did not have a shot six months ago. But now they actually have a shot at maybe, you know, keep them going their pro career, which is what everybody, you know, wants. And, you know, we want the best for these, you know, for these guys to, to be able to do that. Right. Sure. And that's, that's a big selling point for the USFL and for the XFL is, you know, put quality uh, film on tape 
-hmm. and mm -hmm. the NFL will find you, you know? Yeah. And so if you do yeah. that, and, and even back in, in 2020, there are still uh, a dozen or more players who played yeah. in the XFL in 2020 who are still on NFL rosters. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's just an alternate route that players can take to get noticed by the NFL. Yeah, my uh, son and uh, producer who helps produce a lot of these shows that I do, um, you know, we played a lot of sports games and that was always our mantra, put stuff on film, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, do stuff. And I talk about this on, on other shows and, and, and anybody who will listen, you know, we go, you know, they're like, oh, why did the why did they do that play? That's a stupid play. You got to put it on film because now the other team has to now prepare yep. for it. Right. So big fan of putting stuff on film, even if you never plan to do it again. But at least now they have to spend a few minutes and take away from something else to, to, to think Absolutely. about that. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Right? So, all right. So, big announcement. We got teams. So, who are the teams? So, five of the eight franchises from XFL 2020 is are returning in 2023. And okay. it's been this sort of awkward transition because there's a lot that's similar from xfl 2020 to this okay. new incarnation but mm -hmm. the ownership is making it very clear that they're in a lot of other ways starting from scratch okay. so you know you have um you have where do i want to start you have the <laughs> texas teams i was gonna you say have, leave, leave those for last do the other five and then leave those <laughs> maybe i'll do the opposite way you have san antonio okay. you have uh las vegas and um, you have Orlando. So those are the new franchises, okay. the new cities right. in XFL 2023. You have the Dallas slash Arlington franchise that's returning. It was Dallas. It's, it's now being called Arlington, at least for now. Because they're not um, playing in AT&T Stadium. They're playing in a different stadium. Correct. They're playing in Choctaw Stadium, which is actually in Arlington. Yeah. So, you know, you've got that. Um, you've got the other franchises, which are D.C., Washington, D.C., where mm -hmm. they'll play at uh, Audi Field again. You have um, Seattle. Seattle. Well, they'll play in Lumen Field, which is where the uh, Seahawks play. And um, you have St. Louis, oh. which was the best franchise in terms of, of drawing an audience uh, in uh, 2020. They'll play at the Dome at America Center. And you have Houston which will play at TDEC. And right on cue, Houston is still the XFL champs, according <laughs> to my friend Lo-Fi Monk. Yes, uh, uh, uncrowned champions, but certainly you can call them the champions. They were 5-0, and the best team uh, by record in the XFL in 2020. So, yeah, I think it's fair to, fair to say that. Okay. So from what I – from the tweets, not from you, uh, from, from other tweets, uh, people weren't happy about three Texas teams. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so let's start there. Right. And there could be any number of reasons for that. Um, one of the key reasons is it a low cost state to run uh, this type of, of franchise out of. If you look at some of the areas where the XFL is not returning in 2023, it's California in Los Angeles and New York, which mm -hmm. are two um, hot uh, high cost states to, to run in for insurance for players and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so Texas is, is, and, and I was going to say, sorry, I was going to say tax. Um, episode yes. two, we had the sports tax guy on where he was explaining jock tax and mm -hmm. a bunch of other things, California, New York, uh, Florida, but Florida has no tax. Right. 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 So and I don't I, believe Texas does either. Is that I don't correct? believe so. I believe um, Lo-Fi Monk is from Texas. So if you can Garrett, can you, uh, <laughs> so if you can confirm there is no state tax, obviously there's federal tax. You right. 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 But Lo-Fi, if you can confirm there is no state tax in Texas, that would be great. 
Um, and, and that puts more money in those players' pockets. And it's, do, it's you think that has, do you think that's something to do with it? I think so. I, I can't think of any other reason why that would be the case. I also think it's the reason that uh, XFL headquarters is also going to be in Arlington. That was the announcement they made Monday. Uh, they'll be um, practicing. There it is. No state tax in Texas. So um, yeah. they will be practicing during training camp in Texas mm-hmm. uh, and the league headquarters will be in Texas. So I think financially it's a benefit to the new ownership to run a lot of their business out of the state of Texas. Right, and that's what's this? That's that. That's his hub now. I was reading about on on Monday. Yeah, it's a little different than the USFL's hub. The USFL had a hub model for 2022 20, uh, in their first season, where they played all of their games in Birmingham, right. and that's going to be a little different than what the XFL is doing. Their hub is in Arlington, and that's where teams will uh, hold training camp. That is where teams will be headquartered and will practice during the season, and right. then they will fly out to. Uh, the home cities to play during the season, they'll fly back at the end of the game and practice there for the week. So oh, it, it, okay. is, it is a competitive advantage for the teams in Texas, for sure. But, you know, when you have a startup the size of a professional football league like the XFL, yeah. uh, you're going to look to cut costs where you can. And I think mm-hmm. this is just one of the more reasonable ways that the XFL found that they could kind of cut costs. Right. Okay. Um, okay, so they're going to practice, and then they're go- day of they're going to f- or the night before because the NFL flies out the day before. I, two, I two, would three. I would assume the day before. I'm not sure that those specific logistics have been worked out yet. Okay, uh, all we know for sure is that they will fly to the home cities to play. For example, the Seattle team will will be based in Arlington. They will practice in Texas, and then when they have a home game, they and their opponents will fly out to Seattle. They will play the game, and they will they will fly back. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, okay. So they're all, and so then I guess if, depending on the how size of the rosters, which we'll talk about in a minute, I guess they just get one jet, jam everybody into one jet, and fly them across and fly them uh, together. Yeah, I would assume that to be the case. Uh, so Lofi says they should just have training camps here. They are going to have training camps in Texas, uh, in Arlington. So mm-hmm. there you go. There you go. Okay. All right. So so we got the eight teams. And we got them eight cities, three in Texas, one in Florida, one in D.C., Seattle. So now who are the coaches? There were some big-name coaches that walked across the stage. And as I told you behind the scenes, as an old <laughs> pro says, what jet? What could go wrong? What could go wrong flying everybody on one jet? Um, so as a, as, a, as a Dallas Cowboy guy, I was really honored. And they, they, they alluded to it before, and I think I tweeted out, at son of bum is going to be a coach and yeah. he walked across the stage, but for Houston, not mm-hmm. the Arlington team, which is what I, I was very surprised. And, and Wade Phillips does have a history. He coached in Houston, the Oilers uh, back in the day. So there, there is a connection there. And I think a lot yeah. of the players uh, or a lot of the coaches rather do have some connection to the cities they'll be coaching in. And it, it really is an interesting mix. There are coaches yeah. like Wade Phillips who have just a ton of, of coaching experience. Jim Hazlitt, former NFL head coach, defensive yeah. coordinator, is yeah. going to be coaching the Seattle franchise. Yeah. Um, you know, so. And you know, 
Rod Woodson, former yep. player, commentator, Hall of Famer, but I yep. don't know how much coaching experience he has. Well, per and that's the other side of it. You have guys like Rod Woodson, who's going to be coaching the Las Vegas franchise. You have Reggie Barlow, who is a head coach at the college level uh, mm-hmm. previously, who's going to be coaching Washington, D.C. You have yep. guys like Terrell Buckley, a big name, yeah. former NFL player, is going to be coaching mm-hmm. in Orlando. Um, you have other uh, coaches like that who... Anthony, and I, I'm going to Anthony Beck, yeah, I, Anthony I was, will be coaching yeah. in St. Louis, and and mm-hmm. what the these coaches have in common, they may not have a lot of coaching experience, but they are ten plus year NFL veterans mm-hmm. as players. Mm-hmm. They have made numerous Pro Bowls. Some of them are mm-hmm. College Football Hall of Famers. Some of them mm-hmm. are uh, NFL Hall of Famers. So while they may not command that presence, that former major head coaches tend to do from their players, they will immediately command respect out of the gate from their players based on their playing experience. Yeah. Have they talked about uh, assistant coaches? Did they, have they have they announced any of those yet? They've announced uh, offensive and defensive coordinators for each okay. team. Okay. Uh, except that. for, except for Rod Woodson staff, his is his, uh, the way he termed it um, uh, is that his coordinators are completing prior commitments. And when they're done with those commitments, they'll be officially announced, but there are coordinators. Yep. There are coordinators uh, with NFL experience, former New York jets, defensive coordinator and NFL head coach, Greg Williams will be a defensive coordinator on staff. Uh, a couple former head coaches from XFL 2020, June Jones, who was with the Houston franchise and Jonathan Hayes, who is the head coach of St. Louis are uh, back as offensive coordinators for teams. So, um, there are some pretty well-known um, coaches uh, who will be assistants in the league as well. Excellent. Uh, so just a couple of questions from the chat. Uh, Lo-Fi Monk, uh, have they announced any rule changes? You, earlier you said they're still working on it. Have they given any hints? Because the USFL had mostly NFL rules, but then they, they did. I like what they did with the kickoffs, which I kind of mm-hmm. think the NFL should adapt. So is there any hints on what they might be doing there? And do they have, um, so they, they brought in former or USFL. They had um, Mike, uh, Mike Pereira as their mm-hmm. referee and they had the, that we'll talk TV in a minute, but they had, so if they talked about that, he's going to be in turn. Yeah, Dean Blandino is going to be the oh. head of officiating in the XFL who um, actually had Mike Pereira's position in the NFL after Mike Pereira did. So, um, you know, and he probably- made that horrible bad ruling on the catch that Des Bryant made in the <laughs> So I have a hatred towards Dean Blandino and <laughs> to this very, day. <laughs> very infamous call. But yeah, I mean, uh, Dean Blandino was with the XFL in 2020. Mm-hmm. So um, Danny Garcia was asked, I think by the Mark cast um, podcast, um, who was there covering the event on Monday, uh, they did ask her about the rule book. And I think she said they just completed it uh, recently. And she mm-hmm. uh, indicated that there would be very small changes. Um, but a lot of the rules that uh, came about in XFL 2020 uh, will will be staying. Okay. All right. All right, all right. Um, my uh, my good friend Crow Resin. Uh, I, I don't know if they've announced this yet. How will we be able to watch the XFL? Please don't tell me I need a cable subscription. And of course, on top of that, how am I going to watch it here in Canada? <laughs> well, um, I, all I can tell you is uh, that ESPN and the family of networks, the ABC Disney family of networks, is going to carry uh, be the exclusive carrier of the Ooh. XFL. Back in 2020, it was a partnership. Uh, 
ABC, ESPN had some games. Fox had some games. Obviously, Fox out of the picture now that they have an ownership stake in the USFL. Uh, so games will be played on ESPN, ESPN2, ABC, FX, uh, which is a cable channel that's owned by Disney now as well. So cable subscription, or if you have a streaming service like YouTube TV or Sling TV, uh, you should be able to get those uh, the, most of those channels at least. So this is just speculation based on what you just said. I know Disney is trying to get some NFL games. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're going up against Apple. I know that NFL wants to enhance their streaming. Yes, they came out with NFL Plus. I understand that. But they also want to um, – do you think do you think something would show up on Disney Plus? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think it, it's more likely that uh... – there's, you know, there's a lot of talk about shoulder programming for the XFL, which is, um, you know, Danny Garcia has talked a lot about wanting the XFL to be kind of a 24 seven, 365 day league where it's not just you play 12 weeks of the season and the league goes dark until training camp starts again. Uh, she wants a lot of that, the shoulder programming to go along with it. We saw a little bit of that with the USFL, the behind the scenes show that they mm-hmm. had on, on weekends. Mm-hmm. And I think the XFL would like to do something like that. I think if games are not kicked occasionally to ESPN plus I think you you would see some of that um, some of that programming that goes beyond the actual games that right. could end up on ESPN plus right 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 um, and um, in Canada um, we have TSN which is partially owned by ES- ESPN mm-hmm. um, at least it used to be I don't know the exact ownership stake now. Um, but a lot of the you mentioned earlier, the 30 for 30, we get some of those, but we don't get all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know I have caught a few of those. So that'd be interesting to see if TSN, TSN, none of the Canadian providers play showed any USFL. So it'll be interesting to see what licensing agreement they have with the because um, they need content, too. Yeah, <laughs> they need content, you know, for sure. Um, and, and really, the, the more eyeballs that the XFL gets on it. The, the better because yeah. that's what's going to sustain this league. We've seen, and you mentioned the AAF before, which mm-hmm. only lasted uh, less than one season, but it's yeah. been very difficult for spring football leagues, alternative football leagues, call them whatever you want to mm-hmm. gain a foothold. And mm-hmm. so, you know, mm-hmm. the only way these leagues are going to be successful is if uh, people watch and, and the more people that watch, the more people that know about these leagues, yeah. the better chance these leagues have to survive. Uh, so my friend Crow says, boo, ESPN. I guess I'll read about it on the interwebs then. I guess he doesn't get ESPN. I, I don't know that. Might get some games on ABC. So that's uh, – it's not cable, so um, – I don't think I don't, I don't think he has cable either, uh, if I remember correctly. So, okay. uh, And then uh, Lo-Fi says, it's pretty interesting how the XFL has handled the – I think he means the USFL. Uh, they well, the, the XFL had a, a, the kickoff in 2020, oh, which – which was uh, a very radical rule change. He and said uh, earlier, I missed this one. He said, uh, remove from the game to start the ball on the 25. Yeah, that's something that I think has been bandied about in the NFL and things like that, just because the kickoffs have produced so many injuries and concussions, mm-hmm. which the, the NFL is trying to cut down on. They are looking yeah. at ways to cut down on, on the the injuries sustained during kickoff, which is why you have rules like, you know, moving the kickoff up. So you're seeing a lot more touchbacks, which is yeah. basically, you know, legislating the kickoff out of the game without doing it. But yeah. the XFL in 2020 really came up with a, a great way to keep the kickoff in the game, but also to uh, limit the number of injuries that that players suffered. And it was a radical change. And it looked mm-hmm. funny when you saw it on TV for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes those changes 
don't gain acceptance from sports fans right away who are used to seeing the same thing over and over again. But this was something that was lauded by almost everybody. So I, I can almost guarantee that that kickoff will remain in the XFL in 2023. Lofi said they need eyes, so cable is boo-boo. Well, I mean, look, ABC is not cable. ABC is is a network, and so that's different. Um, I don't know what the alternative besides cable is. Yes, streaming is becoming more and more popular, and you're seeing people more and more cut the cord, so to speak. But even then, you know, cable is still – more people have cable than, than have streaming still. So it is still um, the more viable option if you are a – if you are an organization like the XFL, who, again, they're, they're trying to get the most people possible to watch their programming, they could put it on, you know, Peacock or Paramount or Plus or something like that, but they're they're not going to get as many eyeballs and not as many people are going to watch it as if they put it on basic cable or on network TV like on ABC. So mm-hmm. uh, eventually, could you see games get kicked to uh, streaming services like that and, and maybe... Uh, you know, I think it, ideally the XFL would create a bidding war for the services um, like you're seeing with the NFL where Amazon mm-hmm. is jumping in, mm-hmm. Apple TV is jumping in. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way that the XFL is going to make money is by having mm-hmm. um, its services uh, really um, fought over by cable, by streaming, by all of these uh, places to show the games. I bet you they end up on Disney Plus. It's already owned by them. So yeah. it just makes, especially if they do some of this alter programming behind the scenes or, or, you know, maybe a recap or, or just, yeah. you know, just something. Uh, my friend Purple Hayes, is there any plans to make the XFL an affiliate of the NFL? So how, how is them, the USFL, the NFL, how are they all going to play together? Well, the NFL and the XFL have a very loose working arrangement. Um, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, mentioned on Sunday at the town hall event that they held that he and XFL representatives have had numerous meetings with uh, key NFL people, including Commissioner Roger Goodell, including Troy Vincent. Mm -hmm. Um, Troy Vincent is the the head of the NFL Players Association, for anybody who doesn't know. Yes, so... Uh, the one, you know, they've they've come to an agreement on sort of um, testing out new technology, testing out potential rule changes. That's you know down the line, not I don't think for the first season. Um, there, so there is an affiliation there. Um, the USFL doesn't really have that with the NFL, but certainly the NFL is going to encourage uh, organizations like the USFL, like the XFL. Um, because they can get players from there, as we've seen. And so that can help the NFL. It's kind of a minor league system for the NFL without the cost. You know, they're not, it's not costing them anything uh, for these leagues to exist and, and for them to be able to pluck players from it. So it's really a win-win for the NFL. None of these leagues are going to challenge the mm-hmm. NFL's supremacy in the marketplace, mm-hmm. um, but they'll exist to sort of serve the NFL um, when it comes to giving them potential players. And the XFL also has a deal with the NFL Alumni Academy, which is itself has a loose partnership with the NFL. I'm not sure how that relationship um, is with the, with the actual NFL, but um, the NFL Alumni Academy basically is um, coaches, former NFL coaches, 
bring on free agents and they will train them and work them out during the NFL season. And NFL teams, if there is an injury, if there is a performance replacement that they need to make on their roster, this NFL Alumni Academy is basically training players to be ready um, mm-hmm. to be signed by these teams during the season. Mm-hmm. And what the XFL's agreement with the Academy is that, uh, and this was announced much earlier and reiterated by Doug Whaley to agents last night in their Zoom call, mm-hmm. um, players who finish the NFL season in the NFL Alumni Academy have an automatic opt-in to the XFL. So the NFL season is ending just as XFL training camps are beginning. Mm-hmm. So those players who end the season, not on NFL rosters, but a part of the NFL Alumni Academy have the option to automatically opt into an XFL contract if they choose. So that's kind of the partnership mm-hmm. that the XFL has with the NFL and with the NFL Alumni Academy. Right. Gotcha. Uh, so Lofi says, um, use immersive stream and start their own immersive stream is a Google product that they're using for gaming. Uh, so that's where, that's where that comes from. Uh, my friend, uh, Crow says Disney plus would be a great option. I think prime video is going to have some sports on it. Yeah. They're going to have NFL stuff. So that's Amazon. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, I, you know, I guess if anyone wants to, if they're going to throw money at them, they'll. Danny and Danny and, and Dwayne will and will listen to them if they want. Yeah, the money. they're they're going to go where the money is absolutely because you, you've seen how exorbitant these rights fees have gotten for pro sports leagues, and part mm-hmm. of the reason for that is that sports on cable have been sort of immune to. Um, the cord cutting and things like that. The ratings have, have fluctuated for sure, but with the price of scripted programming going up and yeah. with, you know, sports, live sports is that one thing that cable networks and television networks can count on. And so that's why you're seeing the ratings get driven up. And now you're seeing streaming services like Amazon prime, mm-hmm. like Apple TV get into it. So I think the more, that streaming services dip their toe into that live sports water, you're Mm going to see those rights fees go up even more. And I think that's where you have XFL ownership and and others have the dollar signs in their eyes, because ultimately that's, what's going to allow these organizations to survive. You know, they're going to get ticket revenue. They're going to get merchandise revenue, but that's going to be a drop in the bucket based on what they could potentially get uh, for television rights fees. That's where the money is made by pro sports organizations. Uh, so lo-fi purple we've talked a lot of times because we do a lot of stuff in the gaming world content is key they all need content right so that's why they're always developing new programs uh purple says thank you the heart of my question is about the relationship traditionally the nfl development programs have been behind other leagues and i think that's what you were talking about yeah again it costs the nfl nothing you know so um they it's in their benefit to have to not have an adversarial relationship with these organizations and you know it benefits the xfl and the usfl if they can go to um nfl teams and say hey who from you know the the training camp cuts should we look at you know who so uh it benefits it's it's a benefit in both ways um, years ago, uh, in the market cast boys would probably know this, uh, maybe a little more detail. The, uh, the CFL up here was on the verge of bankruptcy and was going to end. And then the NFL came in with an influx of cash again, to kind of use it as like a feeder, a kind of minor league system. Some, you know, some guys need some development, set them up there. Right. Mm-hmm. And obviously we know of the big names that have left there, the Warren Moons, the Joe Theismans, the Doug Fluties, you know, the some of the big names that did well in the sample came down and became stars in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It usually works the other way, but uh, um, yeah, and, and you had and, the NFL, 
The well, NFL sorry. had its own minor league system. It had NFL Europe for yeah. uh, mm-hmm. several years, yeah. and that was a minor league system run by the NFL. Mm-hmm. And it just, even mm-hmm. for the NFL, it got too cost prohibitive to do. So they yeah. ended up uh, ditching it. And now these spring leagues are coming along. And I think the NFL mm-hmm. sees that as sort of their own NFL Europe without the cost associated with it. And like you said, yeah. the CFL um, at the time when there was no other American football leagues was the number two football league for players mm-hmm. who uh, could not make it in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And fun fact, Warren Moon is the only player in both the Canadian and American Hall, uh, Football Hall of Fames. Oh, interesting. Yeah, very good player. Very good player. <laughs> yeah, somebody challenged. I said that on another show, and someone challenged me on it, and they're and they're like, no, Doug Flutie. I go, no, he's in the College Hall of Fame, yep. not the NFL Hall of Fame. Fact check me all you want, all, <laughs> all day and all night. And they did, and turns out yep. it was right. Yeah, so... Um, uh, so, uh, Purple Haze is saying, no, Purple Haze is from New York. I guess there's new New York team. So I guess she's going to cheer for, uh, for, uh, Houston. Uh, <laughs> I think you found an interesting topic. Warren Moon. I guess I got to do a whole show just on Warren Moon just to, uh, um, from back in the day, but yeah. Um, all right. So that's cool. All right. So. How are the contracts going to work? Because I know in the USFL, uh, they were paid, what, like 250000 for the year or something. I may be off on the number, but I think they were paid like a flat rate or something. Yeah, so and, and then- USFL contracts were, um, the average I think was about 45000 and that was the base. Now, you had quarterbacks who could make significantly more than that because we all know the importance of quarterbacks. Uh, not only in the NFL, but in the success of leagues like the USFL and the XFL. Uh, as the quarterback play goes, so goes the play on the field, it tends to be. Um, so yeah. the, the XFL came out again last night. Doug Whaley, who is their senior vice president of player personnel, held a Zoom meeting with uh, prospective players and agents. The public was welcome, so I joined and oh. was able to get a lot of, uh, a lot of information from there. Um, the XFL is going to be offering a uh, little bit more than the USFL in terms of pay. Now that was XFL 2023 versus USFL 2022 pay. We don't know what the USFL pay structure is going to look like, how much it's going to increase in season number two. So they may end up you know, being pretty close to the XFL on that. Uh, win bonuses, players are going to get a win bonus, $1,000. And that's something that's been... Uh, consistent through all three iterations of the XFL, starting in 2001, players were paid to play, paid more to win, which was a very famous phrase at the time on uh, commercials by Jesse Ventura, former governor of Minnesota, who was one of the color commentators of the league. Um, so that's part of it. They will have an opt out at the end of the year to join NFL teams. Um, you know, the XFL is not going to restrict players from joining the NFL since, you know, 99% of the players who are going to play in the XFL. That is their goal to make it back to, or for the first time, make it into the NFL. Um, so there's that. And, you know, there's a lot of other, um, Minor details like room and board will be taken care of. Meals will be taken care of by the XFL since everybody's oh. going to be everybody's going to be housed in Arlington. So the XFL is going to be paying for that. They're getting health insurance through the league um, as well. Uh, dental and and vision will be covered. And um, uh, there will be you know we'll get into this when we talk about roster size, but. Um, 50 active players on the XFL rosters, 45 on game day rosters. So there's going to be five players who are deemed inactive every week, just like the NFL has their inactive so, list. So just, so just a little bit less than the NFL. 
Yes, exactly. And so uh, those players will be paid a little less that week than the players who play in the games, but they will still be eligible for the win bonus for that week. Oh, well, uh, so there, there are a lot of small details like that. And I encourage you to check out if you're interested in more about what XFL contracts are going to look like, what rosters composition will look like, what the draft will look like. Um, follow me at Greg M. Parks. I, I tweeted out a bunch of this information last night. You can also find my uh, story mm-hmm. on xflboard.com with mm-hmm. all the details from the meeting that was held last night beautiful yes his his twitter is in linked in the description i do that's how i found him just some of the hashtags and stuff like that and i started following and posting and liking some of his stuff that's and that's why i asked him to come on here uh great content um uh, okay so let's let, let's talk about okay so i saw some negative stuff because everyone's going to be in texas they're mm-hmm. only going to go to the game the cities so they're only going to go to seattle for the Seattle game mm-hmm. and, and, and yes, the USFL did not do that. So is it going to be hard for them to a attract fans or is it going to be like low five? There's a game in Houston. He's going, um, or how do they build that relationship with the city? Uh, I think I saw something, the San Antonio mayor, I think was very happy. And I think he worked hard behind the scenes to get a team there. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the dynamic with the city and do you think they've already got that figured out and that's why they picked those cities and maybe, and I'm just making this up, San Diego didn't want a team or they weren't receptive and that's why there's no team in San, I'm just making San Diego up. Yeah. But uh, I think that is my number one criticism with oh. the model that the XFL is going with is that in order to be successful, I think you have to have the buy-in from the local communities. And Mm -hmm. I thought XFL 2020 did a really nice job in the lead up to their season being very visible in those communities that they were in. And, you know, when you're only going to those cities for game day, I do wonder how do you get into the hearts and the minds of the people in that city the other six days of the week? And I think the XFL recognizes that because if you read the press release that was put out announcing this specific hub model, I think it was Danny Garcia had a quote in there about how the league still plans to have a presence and be present in those communities. So I think the XFL was aware that those criticisms might come. We don't know what that's going to look like, what that presence in those cities is is going to look like before the season, during the season, after the season. But from that line in the press release, it does give me a little hope that this is something that XFL League Brass does recognize and that they're going to try to uh, work around that that obvious situation of you know everybody being in yeah. Texas from the time of training camp till the end of the season, and and what is that presence? How can they um, ingratiate themselves to right. local media? How can they ingratiate themselves to the citizens so it, they right. they feel like um, mm-hmm. those players and those coaches are a part of that community? I guess it wouldn't take much to hire a PR firm. Uh, hire some people in Seattle to talk to the media, promote it. They can do Zoom with the players and the coaches and then make them available yeah. on game day. And mm-hmm. uh, I think the structure would be a little less formal than the NFL. NFL has some very strict rules. Yeah. Um, back in 2016 or 17, my son and I toured the Cowboy facility. 
and um, they had some, you know, it's, it's, it's an office, it's their job. There are some, yep. and, and there were some very strict NFL rules around what we could and could not do when we were in the building. Mm-hmm. Turns out that day that there was no players in the locker rooms. We were able to walk through the, no pictures, no stopping. I couldn't, I couldn't take a picture in front of Dak's uh, locker or yeah. anything, but we could walk through the locker room because there were no players in yep. there. Right. Because that's their job. That's their, you know, people don't I don't can't you you mentioned earlier you're you're a teacher. I can't walk through your classroom during the middle of the day. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) And and take pictures next to your chalkboard. Yeah. Um, I'm showing my age. You don't probably use chalkboards anymore. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's um, all right. That's all right. But you know what I mean? Right. But I think they may not have as many. It may not be as as rigid as the NFL is. Right. So I think they could probably hire. They probably are going to do that. Hire a local firm or two. have some, you know, work with the media for get stories out and stuff, have those Zoom calls, I would think. And then day of the game, you know, before or after have players available and coaches available for the big plane flies everybody out. Yeah, there there is a way to do it. There is a way to work around that a little bit. Uh, the Zoom calls you mentioned, you know, even though you know, we're, we're sort of behind, I think, the worst of the, the pandemic, you're still seeing on the local news interviews being done by Zoom. And mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. might not be something that goes away. And if it's not, mm-hmm. then you could very easily do that from a player mm-hmm. sitting in a hotel room in Arlington, connecting them with, uh, you know, a local news reporter in Seattle to put an interview on the news. So, well, the uh, NFL, the NFL does that now. They have phone interviews, yeah. right? You know, so if, if, if you're, if Green Bay is coming to Dallas, well, then Aaron Rodgers is going to have a media availability with yeah. Dallas staff, with Dallas reporters, day two, three, whatever the number is before the game. Yeah. Right. So they already do that now in the NFL. Right? And my, so, I think, I think my concern isn't so much media. It's, you know, you're trying to get community members to come out yeah. and buy a ticket to these games and yes. invest in these teams. How do you do that when Jer- jersey buy jerseys, and- buy merchandise? Uh, how do you do that when for six days out of the week the, the team is sitting in in Arlington, Texas, and and you're yep. in Seattle or you're in you're in St. Louis? So uh, yep. it, it's going to be interesting to see how the XFL threads that needle this year. Yeah. Uh, now, did I? Uh, how long is, is is the hub only this year? So next year it could be something else. Well, they signed a three-year agreement with the city of Arlington. Uh, oh. So I assume that means for league headquarters and for training camps and everything else. Um, so it seems as if it's a, it's a three-year deal. And now that doesn't mean that the XFL may be very successful and they may expand by two teams or four teams in years two and three. And you could see a hub in Arlington. You could see a hub uh, somewhere else for training camps. Um, So I don't think that's out of the question, but it it does seem to be a long-term plan for the XFL to base their operations in Arlington. Oh, and and so you think they could expand even as as early as next year? I, I mean, there's been fans who have talked that. I've been a lot less bullish on the potential for expansion um, that early. I think you really need to show that you are successful over a certain amount of time. The one key here too is the ESPN deal that I mentioned earlier. We don't know how much ESPN is paying the XFL, if anything, to air these games. So 
we do have a question of where is the money coming from that the XFL is using to pay for this league. And if it's coming out of the pocket of Redbird Capital or any of the other investors, they may not want to expand as quickly because that is a ton more in expenses that you'd have to be paying out of pocket, especially if you're not getting a significant amount of cash from ESPN for your television deal. Uh, follow the money, as they say. They always say, follow, always. Fo- follow the money, right? So, oh, so we don't know any of that. And they're, they're, it's all privately held, right? So they're never going to release financial statements. Like the NFL, the NFL is a nonprofit. They're a 501G or whatever. Like they're, right, they're an association. They're like technically a nonprofit. Everybody makes, yeah. you know, makes a big stink about them being a nonprofit and, and what goes along with that. Is that – yeah, it's it's just I would say it's just privately held and there's no requirement for the league to disclose how much money they're paying, how much money they're mm-hmm. getting from any kind of sponsor or or television network. Mm-hmm. And you know, Vince McMahon when he restarted the league, he was very upfront. He said, "I'm setting aside this amount of money for the first 3 years of the league and, you know, I'm I the ESPN deal is this." and the Fox deal is this, and this is how it's going to work financially, where this ownership has not done that. And they don't have mm-hmm. to, you know. Um, it does raise a lot of questions uh, for fans who have been burned by the XFL twice before and want to ensure that ownership is in this for the long haul. You know, not not disclosing um, that kind of financial information raises some questions, but they have the right to keep that private. Will they be forced to? Will there be an outrage? Will fans make no, them? I, I Will don't... media make them? Will somebody? Will something get leaked? They've been very good about nothing leaking, and you can probably attest to this. Um, when they had the talks with CFL, um, they had the in uh, I believe what are we in 2022? So back in 2021, um, they actually started talks with the CFL about some kind of partnership. Mm-hmm. And that went on for a few months. In the end, the, the leagues could not reach any kind of working agreement, but there was tons of speculation about what yeah. they were discussing, yeah. what kind of partnership from, you know, just, you know, sharing sponsors to a full-fledged merger and nothing leaked out of that. There were, there were virtually zero leaks. So the one thing this ownership group has done a very nice job of is keeping things very tight-lipped and very close to the vest. Yeah, I saw lots of speculation about teams and stuff, and I saw lots of tweets going, oh, I got some of the teams, right? Oh, as we thought, these were some yeah, of the yeah. teams, and and I think there were some sizes. My friend Crow says he hopes this works out for the XFL. It would be good to have some real alternatives to the NFL. Well, it's not an alternative to the NFL. It's just more football. Like, come February, we all just sit around going, well, now what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> like, now, and, and how, how many more Sundays until there's football again? Absolutely. Right? And that's what the league is banking on. You know, the NFL and, and pro football is the most popular sport in the United States. So if the XFL can find an avenue to get a piece of that pie and provide content, for sports networks during that sort of dead period after the NFL um, and give fans more pro football, they're going to do it. Yeah. And uh, Lo-Fi says they're definitely on to something. Um, Have they talked anything about sponsors? Do we have like Pepsi? I'm just making something up. Do we have like Pepsi as a lead sponsor or do we have like the official, you know, like Papa John's is no longer Pizza Hut. They got out. uh, Pizza Hut got out pizza. Out hunted. by uh by little caesar so is pizza hut gonna become the have they announced any sponsorship deals that they I, I think not? you'll see i think you'll see those a little closer to when the season starts um i i think and that's that's a big advantage of having 
a celebrity and a movie star, the level of the rock on board is you can walk into a board meeting with the rock and just put people in awe. And, and, you know, you, that's an advantage to have somebody that level who's speaking on behalf of this league and who's going in to pitch the league to sponsors and who, what, what company doesn't want to work with the rock? You know, that's, that's a big part of the allure. Um, We've seen that in the player showcases that have been held Mm -hmm. where the XFL Mm -hmm. is, is looking for players. Um, The t-shirts worn are under armor. Nothing officially has been announced, but if you go into any Under Armour store, as I've been in lately, uh, you see big picture of the rock on the wall because oh. he uh, his he has some sort of deal with Under Armour. Oh. And so I would expect, you know, if not clothing, uh, then uniforms perhaps even worn by the players would be the Under Armour brand. Again, just putting two and two together, nothing's been announced. Right. But when you have the rock and, and he already has established partnerships with these companies it stands to reason they would probably come aboard especially if they're sports affiliated with the xfl um that's kind of like the shark tank model if you ever anyone ever watch a shark tank they all say you know kevin o'leary like if he calls something they take my call i'm kevin o'leary or they're they're damon (laughs) damon uh damon uh damon johns or or you know whoever like if you know they if they want to do something with walmart he just calls Walmart. They're all going to take Kevin O'Leary's call. They're all going to take one of the Shark Tank people. Right. And you're going to take the Rock's call. If the Rock and calls you up and, and says, hey, if he, if he said, I want to be on this show, if he said, if he said, <laughs> I should check my DMs. Hang on. You, I would, check you my wouldn't DMs. say no to the Rock, Jeff. I know uh, you wouldn't. <laughs> oh, no. He did not tweet me at all saying that he wanted to join. I would have sent him the link. To, you would have kicked me out. I'd be gone. The Rock would be in my place. <laughs> I would have kept you too. But I, uh, <laughs> If the if, if the Rock said I want to join your show, Jeff, I would have let him in. I'm not, even though I don't like his movies, but I, I would. I, uh, minor critique, I, minor critique. I wouldn't tell him that. I like your movies, and I don't think you can act. But I wouldn't tell him that if he wanted to to join. I tweeted him. Yeah. On the last tweet, I tweeted him. Maybe he'd uh, maybe he'd uh, he'd join in. Um. So Crow says the Rock has an energy drink too. Pretty. I did not know that. Pretty. I think sure he has a tequila it, brand too. So, I mean, so he's got, I mean, he's got a lot of brands out there. And so, you know, could they end up being a sponsor of the XFL? I think it, it would make sense. Uh, Lo-Fi was, how is, how is the rock no longer professional athlete and keeps getting bigger? <laughs> this dude got muscles. <laughs> well, for, for one, he was never a professional athlete. Ooh. Let's, 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 Ooh. let's, 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 gonna, let's, that's going to upset some people. Let's let's good thing that no good thing nobody watches the show. Um, <laughs> the six people watching at the moment aren't going to tell the rock. Um, he's he, you know, I, he never made an NFL roster, uh, right. so he was never a professional athlete. I have differencing opinions on wrestling, uh, so there's that. Um, but you know, he does work out, I guess, quite a bit. I see various things about his his workout routine, I don't know if they're true or not. So I he's huge. Answer. I mean, he's he's jacked, so he's doing something right. But when does he have time? He's always making know. movies with Kevin Hart. I know. Uh, it's got to be those th- 3 a.m. runs to the gym or something like that. Does he do that? Is that is that a thing? I, know I don't they, know. Like, they always say Danny Wolberg gets up at 3 a.m. and goes to the gym, and I think he's disputed that. I think he's a, I don't do that. Shut up. Yeah, it, right? I think right. you, you find time when you find time. I guess. I, I, I heard a rumor that he has his own, like – 
portable gym that he takes to movie sets. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. I was something because because he someone... can't walk into he can't walk into what's a U.S. gym like World gym, or any good good light. I don't know. He can't walk into like Jimmy's gym in whatever town he's filming in to work out. And when you got the kind of money that he's made from movies, like why wouldn't you bring your gym with you? Oh, here we go. Uh, he brings a trailer with him on set that has all his workout equipment. It's pretty there you cool. Go. There you go. All right. So see, <laughs> gotta love, gotta gotta love people in my chat. They fact check me left, right, and center. So <laughs> to to make sure what I'm saying is all right. So um, all right. So what's left to what what is left to to talk? Oh, so when's the season start? The season starts uh, February 18th, I believe, is the first game, and that should be a week after the NFL's Super Bowl. Oh. So. You don't get any downtime from football because it'll go uh, right into the XFL season. And actually, the USFL season will actually start, I believe, at the tail end of the XFL season. So there will be some uh, overlap between the XFL and the USFL. Oh, and then, you know, USFL gets done and you're into NFL uh, offseason good. workouts and NFL draft and training camps and all that good stuff. Okay, excellent. Okay, so it's going to – and you said how many games? So it's going to be a 10-game regular season, uh, two okay. – Two week playoff. I think there's going to be one one week of playoffs, perhaps in the championship game. So I think it's going to be twelve total weeks of games. Do we know? Is it just like are there divisions? Like the USFL had two divisions. Is there going to be? There, there likely will be divisions. Uh, nothing's oh. been nothing's been announced yet oh, for that. Okay. okay. So uh, what? Texas and everybody else. Uh, <laughs> you could almost do that too. <laughs> Texas and non-Texas. Um, I guess it kind of makes sense the way they're doing this hub thing, because if you're in like Seattle and Orlando, is it Orlando? The Florida Orlando. Thing? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they're on opposite literally ends of your country. Uh, mm -hmm. Right. Basically. Yeah. From bottom to top. Yes. <laughs> right. So, and then everybody else is kind of smooshed. Like you got Vegas and St. Louis and the Texas yeah. team, right? Everyone's kind of bunched in the, in the, in the middle um, sort of. The geography people are going to yell at me because it's not. But <laughs> you got the gist of it right. I'm Canadian. What do I know about U.S. <laughs> geography? But none of you can find Canada on a map. I was going to um, say you you did better with U.S. geography than I could probably do with Canadian geography. So good <laughs> on you for that. There you go. I, well, I watch. I've been watching football. I've been watching NFL football since 1975. So okay. So I I, I know. My I can way teach around. you a lot about geography. It can. I I know my way around. Uh, I know my way around Texas. Uh, you know. <laughs> Um, so, um, all right. So there's probably going to be a couple of them. I would think two. I don't think they would go any more than that. No, uh, they couldn't go four. There's just not a teams. Right. Um, so probably two divisions, I guess. And so 10 games and a couple of playoffs. So if there's eight teams and there's going to be four, so half the team will make the playoffs, I guess. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, that kind of makes sense. That kind of makes sense, I guess. And so, uh, when is the pro bowl? Cause the pro bowl happens now after. Mind you, that's really a non-event now. That's just a. It's become more of a. It's been. It's more of a media event, I think, than a game at this point. So here's a question that I just threw in today, uh, because that I did write the show notes last night, as you and I talked about. Um, uh, but now I read they're getting into the metaverse. Now I have to hold. I ha I, uh, I need to have a whole series of of the business of that. Um, my problem is I find people who to talk about NFTs and Bitcoin, but they all just want me to buy their, they're like, come and buy my product. And if you invent, no, no, I want you to come and talk about, no, no, no. I want you to, so it all seems everyone I seem to find to talk about it 
all just have a product or they want me to invest thousand dollars and then they we only take 20 percent of what you make what no i want you to come and talk what no well let me let me say this my knowledge of the metaverse and nfts is such that if you ever do a show about those i will probably watch so that i can learn something because i i have no idea i know there were some there was a report that the xfl had trademarked um things in this direction um it's not my thing but Mm -hmm. if it interests fans of the league or if it even attracts people to the league then i say go for it yeah um i'm a big as as people in my chat will know i'm a big uh sports gaming guy Mm -hmm. um um formerly of madden and i play a bunch of the other ones there's a new game coming out based on nfts where you can buy you get extra players by you know buying the nft version of the player and and somebody has to explain to me why i can't just print the the jpeg out and stick that on my wall <laughs> like why do i have to buy the nf someone has to explain this to me why can't i just print you know rock's picture and stick it on my wall instead of buying his nft like and, and again i keep finding they all just seem to be scam artists that i i keep talking to people about doing the show but yeah yeah it's not a, it's not a very stable business right now it doesn't seem like maybe i gotta get elon on here he well mind you he yeah. sold he sold 75 percent of his crypto too so <laughs> i maybe he knows something that we don't I, I, he knows a lot of things we don't. True, true. Uh, you know, whether you love Elon or hate Elon, he just <laughs> he just knows things. I guess you don't become the richest person in the world uh, by doing that. So yeah. um, last question, because it's we've gone over our hour that I promised you I would be. Um, but I'm having a great time. This is a great conversation. Um, do you think there'll ever be fantasy? I'm a big I'm a big fantasy football guy. Purple in the chat, a uh, 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 big fantasy lady. Uh, do you think there'd be like because there's no fantasy in in USFL? Do you think there'd be fantasy? Well, what's interesting is there was a a fantasy in 2001 for the XFL oh. online, oh. and when oh. when nothing was online at the time, 2001 mm-hmm. was so long ago. But um, if you remember back, Sandbox was a fantasy company that ran fantasy games on online and XFL had their fantasy league through sandbox. Um, 2020 didn't really have any official mm-hmm. um, partnership with any kind of, of fantasy, uh, yeah. but I would assume that uh, XFL 2022, if not the first season, then that would be something they definitely want to look into because again, it just, it, it invests fans more in the yeah. league. It, you know, if you, didn't have any interest in Orlando versus Seattle. If you were living in Texas and, and Orlando and Seattle was playing and you're like, you know, what's my interest in this game? All of a sudden, if you've got fantasy players on mm-hmm. those teams and mm-hmm. you're in a league, mm-hmm. you may be more inclined to watch those games. Mm-hmm. And we know that eyeballs equal money. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it would behoove the XFL to jump into um, fantasy football as soon as they can, really. And, um, and by fantasy football, I also mean like the sports betting, you know, your daily yeah. sports, your, and, your, and, your sports books, your draft case. Sure. Your, um, and, and, and XFL 2020, actually, they were really one of the first sports leagues that put um, the odds on the screen and, oh. and talked about the odds and the announcers talked about it. And then that was basically forbidden for the longest time for anyone to talk about uh, during games or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah gambling. And, and that's going to be huge. And I think with mm-hmm. the, the increased acceptance across the United States of gaming as a legitimate 
part of sports and, and sports betting, um, you're going to see these leagues uh, embrace them. And again, it's it's all about making money. If the XFL can offset some of the costs of starting up a league this size, mm-hmm. they're going to do it. And if they mm-hmm. see the potential to do that in mm-hmm. sports gaming, I think they will. Well, in 2000 and, or in 2020, it wasn't as uh, I'm going to use the word legal in was now it wasn't it, it, it it's it's just only got here in Ontario where I am recently um everything was government controlled but now DraftKings has their stuff like they have and it's in what 13 of your states mm-hmm. um I would have to get uh, I would have to get El Presidente uh on here to uh um Dave uh, Portnoy to talk about that um you know um we all know Portnoy um but it's it's gotten a lot bigger now in both countries than it was in 2020. Yeah. Right? And that's why I said the, the increased acceptance um, with the, the states approving it uh, at some level, you know, it may not yes. be embracing yeah. it, you know, fully yeah. 100%, but yeah. um, small steps. And, and again, if the XFL can figure out a way to monetize that for their league, they're, they're yeah. going to do it. And I think, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think during some of the USFL games, I think I did see like DraftKings tweet some stuff, changing some of the, you know, some of the odds and some of the stuff. Yeah. And I think I saw that. I think so. I think, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Lo-Fi says there's gambling and stuff on Twitch now, which is an mm-hmm. online, um, you know, place to watch people game and, mm-hmm. and, and do stuff. And I know they're, they just launched a new charity thing uh, today, as a matter of fact. So. Uh, all right, Greg, this was awesome. I don't know if the chat has any other questions. Greg, anything else you want to comment on that we may have missed? We have covered the gamut. I do want to thank you. appreciate you taking yeah. time out. I know you're hot in demand. You're, you're, lots <laughs> of pod- you're on a lot of podcasts, it seems. Um, I, I am. And I'll be on one tomorrow, and that'll make four podcasts in a row that I'm on, which I love. You know, I, I very rarely turn down the opportunity to talk about the XFL because um, as someone who covers it but is also a fan, I want it to succeed. So the more I can spread the word about what this league is about to people, um, the happy happier I am to do it. But, you know, this is – we've gotten a lot of the big news, I think, so far. There's, you know, the XFL draft will be coming up in November where we're actually going to get players oh, attached yeah, to we, these Oh, teams. yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> Which so that's is important. Coming- I have yep. seen some tweets. He's been, I've seen Rock and I guess Danny too. They've been tooling around. There was a big a showcase in uh, in Hawaii. Yep. Uh, I don't know where else they've done the showcases, but I've seen, I saw some tweets about that. And I guess he's just going everywhere. Yeah. I mean, he's, this is a real push. I mean, this isn't something the Rock is just throwing money into and just, you know, uh, piecing out of it and saying, let me know how it goes. You know, he is invested in this in yeah. more ways than one. So, yeah, the the players, the draft will be in November. Training camps will begin in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, team nicknames and colors, we're not sure how many of those will survive from 2020, but those should be coming out in the next few weeks, potentially a month or two. That's really oh. the next the next big signpost up ahead for the XFL would be um, the, the nicknames and things like that. So right. there's a few other surprises that may come. I know Danny Garcia at the Texas Live event on Sunday uh, made sure to mention that this is a collaboration between ownership and the fans. And she wants the fans to be there in, in many of the steps that they're taking to uh, create this league. Again, we don't know exactly what form or shape that's going to take, right. but um, it certainly is exciting to um, – to hear that and and to know that ownership is very interested in what the fans think. 
Okay, excellent. Uh, Lo-Fi earlier uh, said move over Pat McAfee. Here comes Jeff, and he thought you were <laughs> you were awesome, and we did a great show. Uh, I appreciate the uh, support from my friends in the uh, in the community. Um, all right, so I'm looking forward to this. I may have to have you back come February, March, April once the uh, the league gets rolling. Is your goal to meet Dwayne? Is am I going to see? Am I going to see a picture with you? Uh, uh, I guess you'd have to stand on some milk crates or a bench. Yeah. Or, or, or I don't. I don't know how tall you are, so I don't know. You could be six eight and be the. Uh, no, no, not I have quite. No idea. You're gonna have to stand there. Was, uh, there was a, <laughs> on the sidelines of the one of the XFL games, they were interviewing somebody, and the reporter literally stood on like a Gatorade can or something, so he was somewhat. Otherwise, he's like wait. <laughs> Yeah, I'm only five ten, so I'm pretty mm-hmm. average height. Whereas yeah. the Rock is a little bit, little bit bigger than me. Little but no, yeah. I mean, would it be cool to meet him? Obviously, but you know, that's that's not why I'm doing this. I, I if I don't meet him in my XFL travels, that's fine. But mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm based down in Florida, so oh, Orlando okay. is about a three and a half hour drive for me. So I would like to get out there to cover maybe one or two games during the season. It's probably not something I could do all five for because it is such a long drive. Um, but I would like to get out there. And if he's there, who knows? I may bump into him. Well, he said he was going to be on the sidelines of every game. I'm not sure how he can do that. If there's maybe every games. week, maybe one game a week, maybe that's, that's more okay. doable. <laughs> is, the, is the game just going to be Sundays? I would expect um, Saturdays and Sundays. We haven't heard quite okay. yet what that is going to look like, but yeah. if it follows the trail of XFL 2001 and XFL 2020, they both right. had games on Saturdays and Sundays. And with a league of eight teams, you're doing four games a week. I think it would be hard uh, to do um, all the games in one day. And all the games will be televised on one of those networks. So it would be hard to fit all four of them into one day. So I think just by virtue of that, you'd have to do it at least two days out of the weekend. Oh, well, then he can hit a couple of games. Probably. And, uh, if, there's a, <laughs> if, they did a, if they did like an early game and then an evening game, you know, he's, got, he's probably got multiple jets that can get him. Oh, know, I'm sure. Zipping, zipping, zippity doo dah around the, uh, okay, maybe not Orlando and Saddle in the same day. Um, but if Dion and Bo can play two sports in a single game. <laughs> well, man, what a crazy era that was. <laughs> Can you imagine that happening today? Just would not, ha- would not work. I don't think, I think the CBAs don't allow for Yeah, the, the teams would that. never, the, the teams would never sign off on that in their contracts. Well, I watched that, um. Can't even drive motorcycles in some of these players' contracts. <laughs> uh, what was that, um, the, 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 the Michael Jordan thing uh, that Michael Jordan special that they had and what Rodman, like in the, the championship game, like went to Vegas for the weekend yeah. or, or something like, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, they're not doing that now, but it was, you know, it was the eighties and there was no, there were no rules, but I often tell my family and <laughs> my kids and, and, and other people say 80, we had no rules in the 80s. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there was no rules back in the eighties. We just did whatever we want. And as long as we got home and the streetlights came on, that's all that really mattered. And then definitely, cases. definitely a different time. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Rodman going to Vegas for the weekend and partying and drinking and then showing up for the game and scoring whatever and doing whatever Rodman did. And, and, and that, but yeah, there's no, I think there's, yeah, like you said, there's rules around uh, who can do what and, and things like that. And uh, I don't think we'd ever see a two sport athlete again. Uh, uh, you know, at least, yeah. So yeah. maybe when, if they retire and stuff, maybe, 
uh, or whatever. But Greg, I'm gonna. I don't want to keep you any longer. Uh, thank you for this. May have you back come uh, come season time. Make sure you follow him on the Twitters, uh, Greg M Parks. Uh, and um, what, sorry, the, the where they find your written articles. Uh, you can again? find my work at xflboard.com. That's right. uh, where all my written work on the XFL will appear. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, uh, what does Crow say? It was 9078 when the Bulls and the Jazz, Rodman went to Vegas. <laughs> there you go. See, my chat is going to, they're going to correct me when I just make stuff up. But Real-time uh, fact-checking. That's that's beautiful. But nobody, nobody, I guess I was right about the, the Warren Moon thing because nobody came back and, and told me I was wrong on that. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, I guess that was 97 in India. It wasn't the 80s, but yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, Greg, thank you very much. Uh, Crow, Lo-Fi, Purple, everybody else watching this. Uh, so, oops, some people are. Some people will listen to the podcast. I'm going to throw it up on Spotify and, and Google Podcasts later. A lot of people watch the replay and, and comment and, and that. Hopefully you guys are all following Greg and, and paying attention. And as there's new news coming, it seems like there's new news every day. It seems like they've now opened the floodgates. Yeah. Um, right. And so I think now they're just, they've got the, the big mode, the big momentum. Exactly. Right? Uh, but now NFL training camps have started. So now I think maybe they just wanted to get ahead of all that. Now there's just all that news. For sure. So obviously it's all strategic in what they do. You know, they're both of them are pretty smart people. They're not doing things just haphazardly, right? So exactly. Yeah, they, I they think have that's it all planned out. That for sure. I think that is uh, one of the reasons that the news came out when it did. But I also think you're right. You know, now that the cities are out there, that was the last big announcement that fans were really waiting on. So mm -hmm. now I think we can move forward with a lot of other things coming up. And I guess there's some New York and California people aren't going to be happy, and they're just not going to pay attention because there's there's no team, so they're and, probably going to be like. Eh. That's the concern is, you know, Los Angeles and New York City both had teams in 2020, and those are the two biggest television markets. So the XFL is taking a big risk here by eliminating those teams mm -hmm. and running the risk of, you know, not really affecting their, their television viewership by not having teams in those cities. Well, the NFL didn't have a team in L.A. for 20 years. Yeah. And they did okay. They did okay. They survived. They somehow, <laughs> they somehow made it work. Right. The little engine that could. That's what we always call the NFL. <laughs> I call it the no fun league. But, uh, <laughs> that's what I call it. Uh, Greg, hang on one second. I'm just going to end the broadcast. Uh, everyone, thanks for watching and listening. And we'll be back soon with another episode. Hopefully I can get this Bitcoin and NFT thing if I can stop finding scammers that just want me to invest <laughs> and take 20% of my profits. But anyways, thanks everyone for watching. I appreciate it all. Appreciate Greg and uh, have a great day.